IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they service projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. They promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website at iatse212.com or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Happy podcasting! Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I'm Matt Waterworth. I am Scott Westby. And this is a podcast where we, I was making fun of you last week for not having it memorized and now I don't have it memorized, of course, but I know that we talk about the screen industries in Alberta. Or motion picture industries. We talk about movies, yeah. We talk about... The uh, filmmakers. Yeah, we do. We're, and, we're, and we're trying to expand all the time and um, we talk about corporate video sometimes. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, just making uh, creative visual motion picture art stuff happen. Uh, in Alberta, and so we have another episode all about that for you this week. And, and part of that is is an understanding that you know Alberta is full of mavericks and people who want to do it themselves, which is great. Um, and you need that kind of entrepreneurial spirit for to sure, make this sure. happen. But what it also means is that there's a lot of silos in our industry of groups of people trying to make things happen that don't talk to other groups of people who are also trying to make things happen. Sometimes all it takes is a conversation. Uh, and my favorite example of that is. Uh, is our working relationship with Kurt Harder and Chris Ball. Um, in times past, maybe would consider them competing producers. But um, when we were making In Plain View, you know, we reached out early and we thought, hey, why don't we work together and we can share some crew and, and uh, you know, share some, some rentals and actually reduce the rates on those. Um, you know, it's happening again now. They're shooting Spiral right after... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jones and Kurt and, and I were just chatting about uh, Alberta media stuff. stuff yeah, exactly. Just to, so just to see what's going on in each other's worlds on that. So breaking down the silos is is critical to the success and growth of the film industry in Alberta. Uh, of course, everywhere as well, and and, and in any industry. But um, this is the one we're in, so this is the one we're trying. Yes, and that's partly what this podcast is for. Uh, and speaking of Jones and, we're making a movie, and it's coming up quick. Yes, and I want to talk about paperwork. No, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Tell me about how that's been going. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not as bad as I as I thought. I think, you know, I, I think you just have to power through it all. It's like it's, it's true. like Adam Scorgi says. It's just like you've got all the information, and the problem is, you know, a lot of the same organizations want the same information on six different pieces of paper, and you just have to be like, I, this yeah. is how it is. The, the number of times that I entered in my address yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Every yeah. different piece of paper has to have all this same information you've already given, but. You know, that's because, you know, somebody has to be able to pull a piece of paper and say, oh, I need all this information in one place. And that's, I get it. So yep. you just have to power through. And um, and the other thing is once you do them, like credit applications, uh, for example, uh, Ycom Solutions, which is the go-to place for indie filmmakers w- when you need radios. Um, when, when I got in touch with them, they were like, oh, fill out this credit application. And I was like, don't you already have us on file? And they were like, yeah, we do. And here's your estimate right now. So that saves time. And right, so, so all that, you know, all that legwork you do previously, right. um, you know, maybe I'm getting off easy compared to all the sort of setting things up. You well, they would have had it on file for my hard work. Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's right. No, but I mean, you know, they're, they're two different movies and they're two yeah, different funding sure, sources sure. and, and yeah, there's, and, and the paperwork has changed in those, in those for years sure. as well. For so. Sure. 
and we're doing uh, some some new things, learning some new things uh, when it comes to CAFCO and, uh, and actors unions and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, sure. bold new world. No two movies are the same, um, but. The Calgary National Film Festival lineup has been announced. Oh, wow. What a great segue. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) On top of, uh, you know, over 100 movies, uh, there are four films that were shot in Alberta, including Rob Grant's Calgary Shot Horror Alive, uh, starring Angus McFadden. The oil and gas satire Circle of Steel uh, by Jillian McCurcher. Uh, You should listen to her episode. It's great. Um, Calgary auteur Gary Burns has a drama called Running Man and the documentary Making Coco the Grant Fear Story from our dear friend Adam Scorgi. Yeah, we know all about that. Which got an article on NHL.com. I saw it. You sent that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Good for him. He's blowing up. Uh, Congrats, Adam. Uh, I know that he sometimes listens and uh, we're we're super proud of you um, and super stoked that... uh, you are who you are, which is the weirdest thing to say about someone. But uh, <laughs> now I've said it and now it's out there in the universe. So um, shut up, critics. <laughs> hate is going to hate. So the festival, uh, Calgary National Film Festival runs from September 19th to the 30th um, at the Globe Theater on uh, Stephen Avenue on Cineplex Eau Claire as well. Uh, for the full lineup, you can please visit calgaryfilm.com and support uh, your local filmmakers by going to those four movies. Uh, yeah, super cool. Um, cool. Uh, so Ampia has partnered with, uh, the Calgary International Film Festival, uh, the Edmonton something. It's the Edmonton Short, Short Film, Film Festival. Festival. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> and the GMFF, uh. The God a Minute Film Festival. Of course. Which, yeah. Right, which right, we talked right. about last week. Yeah. Um, what is this partnership about? I didn't, it seems like, you know, better than I do as I'm kind of reading as I go here. So Ampia has a, has a partnership with the Calgary International Film Festival. So they'll be co-presenting. Um, an industry brunch and panel on film funding uh, specifically uh, more details will be coming about that but um, so they're working with the Edmonton Short Film Festival supporters of their skills workshop which is happening on September 22nd okay uh, and the winner will receive free registration for the upcoming producer accelerator workshop which will be announced shortly and uh, they're supporting the God a Minute Film Festival which of course we talked about last week is coming to Edmonton's LRT system and Calgary C train station so a bunch of kind of different partnerships uh, with film festivals, which are all happening in September, so it's kind of a bulk. Hey, cool! Ampia's great. We love yeah, Ampia. Yeah. Uh, so uh, another big piece of information right now is you know every I guess every season or so, uh, I think Fava does it the same way. CSIF announces their new um, kind of lineup of uh, workshops that are happening. So the workshop schedule for fall uh, happening between October and November uh, is uh, screenwriting one hundred and one cinematography. Uh, grip and lighting, shooting on film, shooting with the Scarlet, introduction to location sound for film and video, the digital Bolex, and an 8mm transfer workshop. So, uh, yeah, that's the outlook for those. The, the, lots of uh, cool opportunities there. Um, if you haven't uh, taken the shooting with the Scarlet um, one, that's a really important one. If you ever want to rent the Scarlet, uh, you do need to take that workshop before you can rent it. So you can check out workshops uh, at csaf.org slash workshops slash fall 2018. And Screenwriting 101 is being instructed by Jason Long. Yeah. Which means guy. it is a workshop not to miss. For sure. For and sure. I, I'm not saying that sarcastically, no, even though it's true. I'm often sarcastic with when I'm around him and talking about him. Yes. But, um, I thought that's where you were going to go, but no, no truly it's... Uh, he's the king. He's, a, he's the a, king. Yeah. And and it's a really good price considering, you know, it's it's one of those, you know, weeks and weeks long. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, the CSF is also looking for volunteers for their casino, which oh, is yes. happening Sunday, September 3rd and Monday, October 1st. This is a massive part of how uh, CSAF stays in operation. Uh, they rely on this money very, very heavily to uh, keep going. So um, 
and that means having a, a body of volunteers who uh, work the casino. You can work in the counting room or, or yeah, we've uh, done it. It's yeah, blast, it's, actually, it is actually a lot of fun. And, it's and they in, give you food. They give you free food. Yeah, and there's like chocolate bars yeah, in the break like room and like Red Bull. Like, of, yeah. like, and it's a networking opportunity. This is true. This is oh, very true. Yeah. I actually in fact, got to you're know trapped in a room with yeah. people depending on what you're doing. Uh, I got to know Ben Rowe pretty well because oh, cool. of a casino. Nice, yeah, we nice. were stationed next to each other, so we just you know end up chatting all night. So that cool. is a it's a great networking opportunity, and you're helping the CSAF, and you get a free meal out of it, and I think they can help with uh, childcare too. Oh, really? Yeah, That's I'm not great. sure what the details are about that, but that is a thing. Amazing. So. Um, yeah, check out the link in the show notes uh, for more information, or uh, you can always just contact the CSIF, and they will be very happy to sign you up. And thank you in advance for all volunteers. Um, it's a big deal, and it helps. It's a direct oh, help yeah. to the it's, film industry. Yeah. And, and that goes for Fava and, and Quick Draw and all. Yeah, and like, yeah. The casino is such an important element for any artist or an organization, so uh, get out there and help out if you can. All right, let's jump into our conversation with Ramin Yazdi. He is a wonderful filmmaker uh, located in... Calgary, Alberta, and he uh, gave us a great lowdown of his whole journey, uh, kind of starting off as a filmmaker and really not, not you know, knowing, uh, you know, at, at a time when there wasn't really any internet, um, you know, not knowing anybody, not having much community, just sort of doing everything from scratch himself and uh, and has sort of grown into, you know, one of the, the foremost uh, filmmakers um, in our province. So uh, here he is, Remy. What is up? What is up? What is up? That's our favorite question at the up? Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> what is up? My Bring so that mic nice and close. To I uh, you know we just kind of hooked hooked up maybe ten minutes ago to come down to this room, and I've never been in this building before. It's incredible, and I I'm ashamed. I feel like um, I feel it's like I must space. It is. It, it it's. That's actually one of the things I like about it, and yeah. also one of the difficulties with the building is that it's it's in Martelou, but it's it's in a, it's in a community, yeah. yeah, and and that's actually pretty amazing because the community around, which is pretty like inner city suburban, yeah. has has championed this building, and, and oh, all it's of awesome. the all of the houses that are actually circling the C Space building. Um, they, they're, we know that, like, I know, right. You know, a the, lot of them, right. Wow. You know, cool. because they I was, come in and, that was my first question when I, when I rolled up and I was like, oh, this is, this was a school. Should we give uh, context? Yes. First, where are we? Is where we're, we're, yeah. we're sitting at Sea space in Calgary, mm-hmm. uh, in the Mar- Marta loop area on uh, 29th. Uh, Avenue. Yep. Correct. And <laughs> 18th street or something. 18th street. Yep. Uh, it's an old sandstone schoolhouse that has been converted into a artist and cultural center, right. cultural hub, right. filled with organizations like um, the 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 French um, the, the French cultural organization Alliance Francaise and uh, the Rosé Center, but also a whole bunch of the Rosé Foundation, sorry, right. yeah. and then also a whole bunch of artists, photographers, painters. Uh, Filmmakers, filmmaker, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, and like, yeah, it's it's an incredible space. Yeah, there. and why does it exist? Well, there was a need for it. I think I think it came out of the Calgary um, Arts Development. Um, a whole, I think I was telling you this uh, many many years ago. They kind of canvassed the arts community, and they were like, "What what what do we need?" This is actually maybe a couple of years after they formed. Right. Uh, as a municipal, the municipal branch 
of uh, of arts for for the city of Calgary, and artists basically unanimously were like space. We right, need space. we need space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need space to work. We need we need space to do our thing. Uh, it's gotten a lot better since then, but um, but then it was like there was like a drought of space. So a few years after that, they uh, they put together a separate entity called C Space, and they they raised some money and they bought this building from the Board of Education with a plan to turn it into this. And they fundraised and uh, and they built it. Yeah. Long story short, it was it's it's maybe I don't know ten years in the making. It's so you always hear about like these big plans, but you rarely see them after the fact. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah. having come to fruition, right? So it's like, we're going to do this amazing thing. It's like, great. I'm behind you. And also it's not going to happen. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's so awesome to see, yeah. you know, like a vision like that yeah. come to life here. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. yeah. And, and it was, I think, I think things like this, uh, have been popping up all around North America. Right. Um, the, the gentleman that, that kind of, uh, headed and heads C-Space now has experience from Toronto doing a very similar thing. And I think that's why he was brought in, uh, Reed. Um, but it was really an, an initiative that based out of need that had a lot of momentum. Right. Um, so, and it was, and it was backed by the city, backed by the municipal entity, right? The right. city council, the, the powers, the powers that be were, were, for this and wanted it to, to happen. And that's probably why I did. Yeah. Uh, there was talk when we were joining the board of the CSIF that, that, that CSIF might one day live here as well. Yeah, that's and right. Media and as well. media, and media yeah, as well. Yeah. Too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't end up happening, but uh, yeah, what an amazing space it's turned out to be. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The, the new theater we were talking about as well, which is just unbelievable. The control you have over, you know, windows, you can turn it into like a, uh, reception space or uh, theater space or screening space. You can uh, have as much or as little seating as you want. It's just incredible how much control you have in mm-hmm. there. Um, so totally modular. Filmmakers are looking yeah. for a for a screening space. It's something to check out. Yeah, and it's and it's all rentable. Like there's so right. much rentable right. space in right. this building, and it's pretty reasonable cool. um, in terms of what you're getting. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's it's available, and that projector they they put a. Uh, uh, I think it's a Christie. I don't know. Yeah, but they put a really heavy. decent projector. <laughs> like a ton of lumens. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So for screenings Many alone, lumens, yeah. there's uh, this is a pretty pretty good space. Yeah. And if you just want to like play Tekken two on the <laughs> on a giant Tekken Tekken, I'm surprised you said Goldeneye. I would have. Yeah, Goldeneye would be good. I don't know why Tekken was my video <laughs> game go to. Weird. So uh, who are you? Where? What are you? Yeah, where, yeah. Where, let's yeah. stop talking about C space. <laughs> right. Uh, my name is Rami Nishra. I'm a local a filmmaker and uh, producer, writer maybe. I don't know. Do you have writing credits? Yeah, on, you, on Cowtown. Have you written screenplays? Uh, I'm writing, I'm co-writing one with a couple of people in Chicago right now. And then I'm, I'm writing a second one. So yeah, you're a writer. Cool. Okay. I get one. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, right. that counts. That counts. <laughs> yeah. Writers write. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. It's just my spelling is so horrendous. Oh, really? It doesn't so matter anymore. Cautious. It really doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, that's it what really doesn't. readers are for. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, I grew up like all of my friends, like that's, that's a running joke. Like my, <laughs> how bad your spelling how, is. How horrendous oh, my no. spelling is. And it's insane because I read a lot. Yeah, I, 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 don't know, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I'm just my spelling is horrendous. <laughs> but do you use not like, well, there's Grammarly and like 
it's just, I, I Spell write check. really fast right. and, uh, like I'm, yeah, I, I don't know what, it, and I, I go back to stuff. I, I'm now in the habit of never sending something out until I've looked over it like right. 10 times. Right, right. I go back to stuff and I make myself laugh. Mm. Yeah. You know, like that's how, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I've, I've gotten worse over the years. So <laughs> I, I'll reread an email and be like, what the f- <laughs> I slow down and just read what I write. Well, it doesn't help that I type like, like a, like a ape, you know, right. trying to open a coconut. So <laughs> just yeah, hammer on just the, yeah, hammer on the word yeah. comes out. <laughs> So, uh, well, how did, how did it all begin? Uh, I mean, now you split your time between Montreal and Calgary, but you, you started here as a Calgary filmmaker. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I still consider myself basically a Calgary filmmaker. So do I, I don't do much yeah. time. You, you consider yourselves. We Calgary consider you a Calgary filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I've always said, I've basically decided that like my, I'm always going to have a foot in the city and it's, and it's going to be the heaviest foot. Like I, I, I'm always going to be out of Calgary and I, and I still represent myself as a Calgary based cool. filmmaker. Um, even, even in Montreal, uh, I, I, I don't do much work in Montreal. Mm. So, so Yeah. Uh, how did it start? Like, let's talk like way before you even started starting. Like, what was that initial? Oh, movies. Like, hey. or, oh, like movies are made by people. Like, right. Well, I mean, I've, I've always been like most filmmakers like yourselves as well. I've, I've always, uh, I've always been, um, a lover of cinema. Mm. A love lover of the movies, um, you know, eighties kid, you know, grew up on, on the classics and he man, he man, yeah. Thundercats. Thundercats. Yeah. 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 For sure. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, the classics. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so it was always been something I, I've been really, and, and then, uh, in high school, um, it got a little bit deeper with like Woody Allen and things that, that were you know, thought out and written. Right. Right. Um, as opposed to just produced. Uh, and then I, 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 I got into, um, acting a little bit like theater in, in junior high and high school, a tiny bit. I, I kind of let it go in high school cause that, that wasn't, you know, where all the parties were happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but the, the bug, the bug was planted, like the, the performance and the art, stuff was planted pretty well. My, my father, uh, is an architect by trade. Oh, cool. Um, but in, in Canada, um, he's, he's a painter, he's an artist and he runs, um, a little framing store as well. So I was always surrounded by aesthetically pleasing things and stories told, um, visually. Right. Does he still have that store? Cause he I, does. Live, I live right, I live right nearby. Yeah, yeah, he do. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he does. Uh, 16th Avenue said a little plug, a little plug yeah. sponsored by this podcast, sponsored <laughs> by, uh, stamps.com and frame for less. <laughs> stamps.com. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So I was always surrounded by, uh, by visual storytelling in one form or another. Right. right. And then, uh, and then I got into theater in junior high and I was, I was to date, I believe the only, uh, Dracula from Graham Stoker's Count Dracula with a lisp and glasses. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That was an incredible <laughs> performance where the teeth they made for me you were, it off. were a little too small. So I had, nice. a, I, I, I could hardly get a word out and I didn't have contacts at the time. This is, this is a long, long time right. ago. Uh, so I, I, it was, it was a vampire. <laughs> luckily reading, Dracula does not speak glasses. in that, in that performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, luckily <laughs> yeah. he has no lines yeah, in Graham Stoker's like Dracula. Monster, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, so the, the bug for all that stuff was planted pretty early. And then, um, and then after high school, I traveled for a long time. I left the country for about, uh, Two and a half years, three years. Oh, wow. Where'd you go? I, I first went to Brazil for a year. Amazing. Oh. And I volunteered in this not-for-profit organization um, in this favela, this this uh, this neighborhood in uh, Bahia, Bahia, Brazil. So I, I was there for a year and then I got back and I wasn't done with it. So I, uh, I went to Israel for two years. And I, uh, I worked as a security guard <laughs> oh my God. on the gardens of the, the Baha'i World Center. So uh, I'm, I'm Baha'i by faith. And, okay. and our, our, uh, um, our World Center is, is in Israel on Mount Carmel. Cool. And I got the opportunity to go to, and be like a security guard, which was basically a visual deterrent to keep elderly tourists off the grass. That was basically, <laughs> that was basically my job title. Stand there and just be present. Basically, and, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a big tourist site. Right, it's a beautiful, course. sprawling garden. So, so it attracts a lot of, a lot of tourists. So, um, so I did that for, for a year and a half or so. And then I did an, uh, another stint in South Africa for about six months in this, uh, another not-for-profit uh, dealing with um, AIDS awareness cool. and, uh, and different, different things like that, yeah. What did you get out of all that time away? Uh, I, I confidence. Yeah. I think um, confidence in, in myself, um, and also just just a sense of the world yeah. and how much bigger it is than than Calgary, Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> and and myself. This yeah. sense of sense of yeah, yeah. It really that people are kind mind. of the same. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. People, people are the like love is love, yeah. and uh, friendship is friendship. Yeah, everybody wants the same thing. Everything, everybody wants the same thing, and 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 I also I also saw the the dramatic differences um, between you know the the haves and the have nots, right. which really uh, which really sunk in deep, especially in Brazil and in South Africa. It really sunk in deep, and that's always been um, a bit of a a mantra of sorts in the in the back of my mind that that kind of informs life, but but yeah. also even projects now. Yeah. Like I always try to find some something in anything I'm doing uh, to help anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's very general. It's very broad, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's tough when you're doing a sketch comedy show yeah, to, sure. <laughs> to, you know, to plant in, plant in uh, seeds that relate to these bigger, bigger issue, bigger world issues. But, but if it's there, you know, it, it'll, it, it always some finds a way yeah. somehow, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, even in a line or a look or whatever, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. Cool. So you got back. I got back, uh, and then I made, I went to university and immediately, um, which was which was great. In that I was a, a older, a bit of an older right. student, not not you know, yeah. not in my thirties, yeah, 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 but but in my my mid twenties or. Um, so that was wonderful because if I if I had gone to university right off the bat. Uh, it would just been a wasted. Yeah, wasted I feel. Period. I feel the same way. It would have just felt like grade thirteen. And yeah, yeah. People, people like you get slammed for like, oh, you're, you're taking a, a gap year, or but it's it's like, man, get some real life experience before you, you'll make such better use of your post secondary. Yeah, appreciate it. Your post secondary. Yeah. And even going in, um, I, I met a lot of really interesting people in my in my travels at that at that time, and one person. Um, his name was uh, Mr. Dunbar, Hooper Dunbar, 
That's a he, wicked name. Great name, <laughs> right? Name. Yeah, 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 great name. He was actually uh, uh, an actor in LA many, many years ago, uh, and now he's he's a he's a painter, he's an artist, but he, he was a scholar uh, as well. And um and and he asked me, he was like, you know, what are you gonna do when you when you get home? And I was like, oh, I'm you know, school. And he's like, why? I'm like, oh, uh, uh, and I couldn't I couldn't right. really answer. And and his his response was, your your post-secondary education, especially your bachelor's, is an opportunity to learn how to learn. Yeah. An opportunity to agreed. learn yeah. how to formulate arguments, formulate thoughts. Right. Um, and and really, that's all. That's what it should be. Like, for sure, go after your interests and go after whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know. Um, but keep that in the back of your mind. And, and I did. So I, I studied... I studied something outside of what I, I knew I wanted to do. So I have a degree in economics and, uh, and a second degree in religious studies. And I, and I felt the combination of the two made political science. Right. And my inten- <laughs> I was just about to ask you a political question. Mm-hmm. And my intention from the get-go was to uh, somehow find my way into social economic development. Uh, and, and, that's, and that was actually also one of the reasons I got into filmmaking and documentary stuff right. was was to kind of pursue it from that angle because I because I was like you know there are a lot of economists and I am actually not not very good like I I, I enjoyed it I took the degree because I knew I couldn't teach myself right. economics but I could teach myself film mm. right um, cool. I knew because I loved it right so yeah. so I took the degree I I I, I did okay but, but you know it wasn't it wasn't something that came natural to me. Um, but I, but I did, I did, I did fine. I did, I did my, started my honors, didn't finish my honors, but I started my honors. So I did okay. Yeah. But, um, how did you know you, you could just teach yourself film at that time? What were the resources that you could, um, yeah, this is before YouTube. Yeah. 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 And, and I had no access to CSIF, uh, or M media. I didn't know they existed. Right. Actually, the community was my community, my filmmaker community was just a bunch of friends who liked film and would watch film together. Um, But I'd read a whole bunch of books and, and I I would always, I worked at a bookstore uh, during school. Right. And I basically devoured anything that it was a used bookstore. So we'd constantly get these old books coming. So I devoured anything that came in that was film related. Um, And I, and I, and I, I wasn't like, Oh, it's easy. But, uh, but uh, I knew it would be easier than my economics degree. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, and and right off, right from the beginning, I was like, um, again, economics is something I can't teach myself. Right. So I need right. to be in a classroom scenario. Right. I need professors to tell sense. me what to read and yeah. you know how to how, how to analyze. Guide it. you through it. Yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. Whereas film, I was like, no, the, the the books might be enough to get me started. And at the same time, I had a couple of friends who were um, all at the Alberta College of Arts doing photography uh and uh another friend a really good friend who was uh studying engineering but he had a passion for film and he got like a little little camcorder and we started just like fooling around and he started making these these little things and then me and another uh, the, a friend from acad made a little short film um for some festival uh j- just playing around right and that's when i was like yeah this is yeah this Sweet. is what i want to do yeah Sweet. So how, like, but, but how did you get your hands on, on your own camera? How did it like, how, yeah, good question. It- uh, by luck, actually, I, so I, I'd made a couple of things with these friends mm-hmm. and they were super fun. Um, and 
I, I put them out there and a friend of a friend saw them and really liked them. And he, he's, he's this really interesting dude who I haven't talked to for years, but he, we used to, all of us used to call him the international man of mystery because he, he worked overseas Okay, and he was super, um, he was elusive about <laughs> about his life right you know okay. yeah so we never we never knew he would just show so he up he was a spy yeah yeah basically yeah. Yeah, that's what we would call him yeah um but he would just show up in town and be like hey i'm here for three days from nigeria or whatever <laughs> and we'd be like okay let's let's hang out so that was my that up until that point that was my interaction periodically i would see him in, in my in my um group of friends and, and he was a great guy but he he saw my stuff and he was coming back for a longer period of time and he was an interesting guy who had like 10 different businesses. And so he approached me and was like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to buy you. What do you need? Oh, I was like, what? Wow. what, what? Benefactor. Yeah. And I was like, I, I'm going to I'm going to buy you a camera and I'm going to buy you a computer. Unreal. And we're going to start a production company together. Wow. Amazing. But this. Yeah. Amazing. Except for the fact that I was like, like two crappy right. short films into <laughs> it. And like, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And, but I was like, yes, okay, of yes, course, you gotta say for sure, that, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he bought me uh, a DVX, a Panasonic DVX, DVX 100. 100. Yeah. So um, this was 2007, 6? 2000, like four. Even. four. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. This yeah. one was brand new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and it was like yeah. that, it was the camera brand new. I remember new. that camera. Yeah. Oh, it was. You're right. It was 2004. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. you could emulate film. Exactly. 24p. Yeah. It was the somewhat. <laughs> now looking <laughs> yeah, back, yeah. you're like, I could somewhat emulate film. <laughs> but it was still mini DV tapes. So. Yeah. 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 And it was I, honestly, um, I sold it reluctantly. Yeah. Because I love that camera yeah, so yeah. much. I had it for years and years and years. But I was convinced that this would one day be like a Bolex. Like people would be looking seeking for this the, camera yeah. out for oh, its look like a Bolex because because it had a very particular look and I look back on stuff that I shot with it now and I'm like yeah it has a really particular look mm. that I actually really still like like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would like to recreate totally, that look on totally, some yeah. some projects something that makes sense on but anyway so he uh, he got that and I immediately uh, jumped into a documentary because some of my friends had moved to New York and I was making regular trips to New York just to see them so I shot this year documentary called street sounds new york where i basically the premise is it was this like art house style doc where i walk around the city for two days and i capture as much street music as i can cool and i pieced it together so there's no there's no story arc there's no like there's there's a start and a finish snapshot yeah. yeah it's a snapshot of the street music in new york in one one day basically um and that I feel like that was my film school. Oh, oh totally. Because yeah, I absolutely. shot it. I edited it over a uh, period of like a year. I did everything oh. for it. So as I was going step by step, I was like reading and, yeah. you know, oh, God, like how talk- do I do this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wish I had people to talk to. Right, I wish right, right. I had found CSI mm-hmm. or media mm-hmm. or, or had like, or approached any, but at the time too, there, there wasn't outside of CSI was around, um, uh, and media was around, but there there wasn't a community like there is mm, today, yeah, right? Yeah. Like there, yeah, was, yeah. there was like names you could be like, oh yeah, that guy's a filmmaker. Yeah, I'm gonna send him an email yeah, yeah. and just They've be like through this part of it and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the your your friend was is he like is was that the was that the birth of Nerf Films your company? Yeah, it was. Okay, but at the time it was called something else because okay. he had this umbrella 
thing. Right. Uh, right. Again, like it sounds super shady, but, <laughs> totally he, does, totally totally does. but he is such a good guy. Nice. Such a good, like baby face. And that, that's what got him into, into trouble as well. And that's why he could get away with all this type of stuff. Because he was just like this baby face. Right, right. Mischievous looking fellow. Yeah, innocent uh, looking cute fellow who, um, who had this aura of mystery around him. I think he created it. I think he it liked totally, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, so, because the New York thing reminds me that you've got this wonderful uh, sort of a- animated video logo for Nerf Films, which is which is related to the subway station mm-hmm. in New York, the, the, the iconic kind of mm-hmm. New York subway station and the NU mm-hmm. uh, and the R, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is it? What is it? Remind me of what it is exactly because it's super cool. Well, it's a, it's an NUR, yeah. and it's it's basically uh, it was but modeled it, after the bike racks it's in made New York, bike rack, yeah, right, right. and that's cut off on one side, right? Cool. So form the N, the U, and R, and it was designed by a friend of mine who who was a designer in New York who had a clothing company, cool, and was a designer. Was it? Did you name it? because of that or does no. that just happen to be no, so no. awesome that just happened to be that that we just so stumbled cool. into yeah. that yeah uh because i was i was in new york a lot at the time like yeah. two or three times a year and i was doing work for for him because he had a clothing line and we we're doing these like weird little video stuff for him um and then i just asked him to make me a logo and and yeah uh newer means light in cool. in multiple languages, but but oh sorry, tap the mic. I tap the <laughs> oh, mic. No. Sorry, all um, the listeners are so furious. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, in Farsi, it means it means light, but in other languages, it means light as well. So cool. that's that's where the name comes from, and yeah, we just happened into that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the N U R on that on that subway thing, I I doctored the U. That was yeah, another, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah we figured that. Fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was another train it, line. Yeah. It works. Though. Yeah. It works. <laughs> uh, so, so when, when did you, so the street music doc, that sounds very cool, but when was like your first like sort of Calgary or Alberta project that was your own and did you, you know, you, were you using CSIF? Were you using, you know, any of the incentives here or was it still kind of just run and gun on your own? It was still kind of run and gun okay. on my own. Uh, I applied to a, a bunch of, um, grants through the AFA. Okay. I, I was I was really lucky. It took a while to get my first one, but once I got a grant, um, I learned how to how to write them. Cool. Because um, every time I got denied, I would contact them and be like, you know, what did what I happened? do wrong? What happened? Right, right. What? And, 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 and. So I, I and I think I applied for maybe like ten before I got my first one. But you got through, you earned your nose. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> through all of that, it taught me how to how to write a proper grant. So my first few projects were. Uh, um, little art pieces uh, funded by the AFA. Um, I started a documentary that was funded by the Canada Council for the Arts. Um, my my friend, my partner <laughs> at that time, he, he I mean he he was an oil guy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and he he was he was great at at writing stuff. And he he wrote a grant for for me for the Canada Council, and, and we got it. It never ended up happening because the pro it was an architectural project that was oh. documenting this this building that was being built in oh, Santiago, cool. Chile by wow. this Toronto uh, architect. Oh, cool. Um, and it went for about a year, but the project got pushed mm. to like two years. Okay. And so I contacted um, right. County Council and we extended it, but then it got pushed again. Oh. So like it just, it, it, yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't work out. Mm. Um, so that, that actually didn't happen, but it, but it allowed me the time and space to do a whole bunch of personal projects and a whole bunch of like art, art inspired uh, videos and films. Cool. And I was getting into celluloid stuff on my own. Um, 
And then, and that's what led me to, to CSIF. Um, and when I found CSIF, it was like a breath of fresh air for mm, sure. Mm, just mm, like-minded people. You found your people. Yeah. 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 It was great. It was how great. did you find them? Uh, how did I find them? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't remember. I think I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't quite remember. Cause it, it's, I was just thinking about it the other day about how, you know, the internet is, uh, is really Amazing. An incredible. It's changed the world. It's changed the world. Like when you think about like, oh, I would like to make a recipe for something that I have no idea how to make. Yeah. Okay. Not only can you find Google, how do I make? Yeah. 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 It's like, here's the best recipe and 5,000 people have rated it better than all the other recipes. And this was not that long ago that you would have to be like, well, that sucks. I guess I can't make that. I guess I can't make that. Yeah. Or you have to call your mom and calls her. Do you have a recipe for brisket? So if you don't know somebody personally who knows the CSF. You don't have anyone recommending no, it. No, not at that time. But yeah. now you can plug in Calgary Film and, and, and all that's sorts the first of things. thing that pop up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the, and at the time, I didn't know anybody right. who would know right. CSIF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's a really good question. I'm not too sure, but it was the time where they were on the the barracks and right. uh, it was it was the community was really small right. and um, they'd been there for a while and it was like. Yeah, and there, and there were some pillars who were who had been there for years right, and years right. and years and years. So I walked into that. Cool. Um, the, there, I was just think, I was thinking how how did I yeah how did you because, guys find because it? Because I was you know the internet was was starting to be a thing, but you know there was there wasn't even MySpace. I don't think when I graduated high school, uh, and the yeah. summer before grade twelve, I think I came down to Calgary from Edmonton and did the summer media arts camp, and the and the reason I had discovered it was a friend had done the same thing. And he was, he was the more kind of go-getter film guy. And now he doesn't do film at all, but he was like, it was a great, it was a great camp. You know, you should, you should go. And my mom was like, well, we have a friend, you could stay at their house and they're actually away all summer. So you have the house to yourself. And so I had, I had my own place. I saw oh, that's Jerry. amazing. It was a great, it was I, it, one of like, like that age wow. because also that's I saw Jerry amazing. Seinfeld at the Southern Alberta Jubilee Auditorium. Oh. It was a, an incredible week of my life. Um, but, uh, and I was hoping to go to state. So I was like walking around the campus then too. And I ended up going. So, um, so yeah, so I found out through a friend, I'll have to ask him how he even found out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it was maybe like parents looking through the kids camps thing and maybe, maybe, right. maybe yeah. at that time, like, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's, uh, tipping point, yeah. um, describes like different types of people and how information travels and how something right. tips and, but, but there's, there's these these um, types of people in in the book described in the book and and I think at that time you had to there was one type who was like who was like the the spreader of information or the right. connector yeah, you know? yeah, okay. and I think at that time it took those people like your friend like the right. go getter like yeah. film to, to connect lover, those dots to connect like, those yeah. dots right, right. and it was like one one in a hundred one in a thousand maybe I don't know really? but you're right now it's basically a three second Google search yeah. Yeah. and you have all that information at sure. hand which For is sure. insane yeah. and that's I think that's why there's so many people being filmmaker trying to be yeah, filmmakers yeah, and writers sure. and because it's, it's more accessible which is wonderful which is amazing it is yeah but it's weird to be this old that there are people listening to this podcast going like there was a time before google what do you yeah mean? yeah it yeah. was like like what like 90 like 95 you could 
potentially like I remember websites from like 98 98 like I think it was like when there was like websites yeah yeah. Yeah, but not not Google it was like Metacrawler for a while (laughs) Mm -hmm. Google was like 2004 2005 when it started actually becoming a thing yeah that sounds about right that's not that long ago no no it was like Yahoo search yeah 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 dial up you know this is for we're talking about a generation (laughs) AOL online AOL online online. yeah Yeah. I got my first email in like 1998 you know, or nine. And that was, that was when it might, you might've like people were, but not, not everyone was putting up a website right. and the websites were, like, which, they were amazing. Uh, they were, they yeah, were amazing. They were, I was yeah. just going to say they were horrendous, but they were, they were amazing. amazing. Like flash, like oh, man. a oh, lot of God. like fire. Yeah, totally. If you go to the, we went to Salazar in LA, an amazing taco spot. And I, I went to their website and it, it is, it is like, it's from 1999. Amazing. It is like an incredible website. Amazing. Um, yeah. But uh, so so you're you're kind of self teaching, you know, all of all of these skills. Yeah, which was which was great and horrible at the same time. Right. So it's great in that now I have a pretty broad skill set mm-hmm. everywhere, anywhere from from like writing concept development because most most of the stuff I take from concept to delivery. Right. So concept development to writing to directing, producing and directing, but also uh, post production. Yep. I've I've edited for years right. now I'm, I'm i'm not bad at after effects i'm not bad at the other other effects based stuff no right, based right. stuff so i'm i'm not the best at those things right. but i have a working knowledge to know enough that if i approach someone and ask for something and if, and if they're like oh i can't or if they quote me right. too high, like, know, i know yeah. i'm like no yeah. I, I can do it right so right. you can do it right. but the bad thing is it's taking me way longer Way, way yeah. longer. Like right. it's, it's, I, if I had the resources that are available now in the period of like a decade, it would have been cut down to like three or four years, right, right. which, so I, I don't, I don't see that as wasted time really at, at all because I was learning and I was developing sure. skills. But, but at the same time, every once in a while, I'm, I, I'm like, oh, I get frustrated when I see how easy it yeah, is right, now. Right. Well, especially you know, just opening one of those programs for the first time. Hey everyone, just want to take a quick second out of our conversation to tell you about the Calgary Film Center, which is a world-class screen-based production facility, suitably equipped and serviced so you can execute your next project with ease. The Film Center has 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages, uh, divided into three different sound stages, and they have 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces. All of this in a single kind of complex, complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, who is Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional movie equipment. Uh, at the Film Center, their aim is to deliver production support for local, national, and international screen industry projects in a purpose-built venue which is designed to service individual client needs, and they deliver programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry. I strongly encourage you to find out more at calgaryfilmcenter.com. Thanks for listening. Back to the conversation. You know, just starting a project yeah. Yeah. Is, is a nightmare, and then you got to figure out how to actually work with it, and you just basically have to click every button once to before know. you get one thing and then you gotta click every <laughs> yeah, button again yeah. to get the next yeah, step yeah. yeah yeah and YouTube now is just like oh this is how you do it and you just say yes yeah oh that YouTube's my my, my go-to now totally, like, yeah. yeah like yeah. there's nothing you can't learn there's yeah. nothing you can't do totally um I can't retain as well as as I'd like to so right. I've, uh, so I've got like a list of like thousands of bookmarks, you, yeah. bookmarks. <laughs> yeah so I always have to go how back do I, but yeah. how do I do that again? yeah <laughs> But the the one drawback, though, and this is like old fogey old fogey comments. But the the one drawback to it being so accessible now is that 
it took me years to call myself a filmmaker. Oh. Like years. I just didn't feel comfortable. Um, like like multiple projects in, I still wouldn't call myself a filmmaker. Really? And I don't know, I don't know when that changed. Um, but I think it had something to do with maybe confidence or mm. or getting past some sort of personal milestone or, right. or whatever. Sure. But but now this happens more in Montreal than it does in Calgary. But now like I, I meet I meet young cats and I'm like, oh, like, you know, what do you do? Well, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. Oh, cool. Like, what have you made? Well, I, I'm, I'm nothing yet, but I'm working <laughs> right, on, right. My, on right. my, you know, I'm right. working on a script. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you're attempting to be a filmmaker, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, you can yeah, call yeah. yourself whatever you want for sure, sure. But, but I think there's like, it's one of those things and it's different because I didn't go to, I think it, the reason was I didn't, I didn't go to school. Mm. So right. I felt like a bit of an imposter right. for, for many years. Um, but I also felt like there was this, like, this, this term had so much, and I had so much respect for, you know, when I'd see a film and it would blow my mind, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's a filmmaker made right, that, you right. know? So I couldn't call myself that mm. until, I don't know what, again, I'm not too sure when right. that changed, but, right. but it took, it took a while, mm. you know? Um, and I think there's something to that and there's, and there's something that's, that's also been missing and it, it was missing in my experience. So, so it's something that I'm passionate about, but mentorship, mm. uh, I wish, I wish I had a mentor, a proper filmmaker to like walk me through stuff, answer random questions for me like once a month for 10 minutes. I, it, it, it doesn't matter. Right. But at the time, like I, again, that's why I wish I'd found CSI faster mm, right. or whatever, but but now it's a big, that's, that's a big deal for me. So like when, when I get an opportunity to, cause I, and I still don't feel like I know much. I'm still like, I think maybe like 20% in my career track. Like right. I've got 80% to go right. and that's retirement. I may, I may <laughs> still not be a proper filmmaker by that point, but, but that's all the energy I have. I'm right. a, I'm a, yeah, in the, in the timeline of it all. But if I do get the opportunity, I, I, I want to share the little I know. Because it it would have really made a difference for me back in yeah. back in the day, right? Um, so I and I got that opportunity a couple of times through CSIF through mm-hmm. like the uh, imaginative um, uh, collaboration yeah, at CSIF yeah, yeah. and stuff. So two years in a row, I, I got I got to do that, and I loved it. Loved yeah, it, loved, it, yeah. loved it. Yeah, and now even even still, if, that's why I'm I'm I want to be. I don't know if I'm always successful at it, but I want to be really open and helpful and like if someone comes with a question i want to there's there's another reason that i think so all of that aside and we're talking uh, we're we're concentrating a lot on on back in the day there's a lot going on now (laughs) but but also during that time um i had met a couple of people and a few things had happened that had kind of soured me on the community at the time right um and that and again being being a filmmaker who didn't have much experience Instead of finding the right people, I kind of pushed that whole community away a little mm-hmm. bit. So even when I had found CSIF a couple of years after, I was very cautious about my involvement with the film community as a whole. Right. Because um, it, it just it felt weird to me. It felt right. Like I wasn't accustomed to like people not sharing information or people not like or, yeah. or like yeah. it was so evident to me that every, every once in a while when someone's like, hey, what are you working on? It wasn't. A, 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 an authentic right. question. It was, right, right. what are you doing that I missed out on? Right, right, you know? Right, yeah. So there mm. wasn't, a, I didn't feel a sense of community right. really. Right. So I was like, eh, whatever. I've, I, I I'll, I'll, I'll do, do it, it on my own. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that, and that, that went 
yeah. So I feel like I have, and that's hurt me a little bit. Mm. Um, because I don't have those connections. I don't have those, you know, I, I do now I feel a little bit more, um, but it's well past the time that I needed it, mm. you know? Uh, and now I, I almost went from like, from like needing it to giving it right. Like immediately without, without ever receiving it. Right. You know, right. um, which is fine, which is totally fine. And, and, and I'm like well past that bitter bitterness and that and those experiences, <laughs> right, right, right. but uh, but they did they did definitely uh, shape the way I interacted yeah, with the community course. for a long time, yeah. and, I'm, and and I and I actively tried to change that in the last like like eight years. I've yeah. actively tried to 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 not let that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that that filmmaker isn't as prominent anymore in, no, in the community, and not I, at all. And I hope that's not just a, an individual experience for me. I hope that's a a turning point for the entire community. Um, or if it's just comes with age when, you know, when we're younger, we're more competitive perhaps, but so just, yeah, maybe an understanding that, you know, a single person doesn't define the industry, which can be mm. hard when you're starting to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you meet, you meet someone and they're a bit of a dick and it's like, Oh, filmmakers are dicks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is totally understandable. Like that's, that's how I would react to, um, yeah. And have. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's tough. So let me jump forward because yeah, we have spent sure. a lot of time um, and just sort of as far as my awareness of, of projects, I mean, something I, I've always admired about you is the just ability to to come up with an idea and just make it happen, execute on yeah. it. And, and I think a good example of that is sync talk play. And so tell us all about that. Sure. Um, and that and I feel like that's one of the advantages of having to figure it all out on your own is you find this confidence right, to be like, right. oh, if no one else, no one's going to do it for me. I'll just do it myself. Totally, yeah. And that's what everyone should do. Totally. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have this experience too, but yeah. like young filmmakers coming up to you and being like, Hey, I got this script. I'm looking for someone to produce yeah. it. I'm like, well, you've got two hands and a cell phone, buddy. You're the perfect person to produce <laughs> totally. this. For yeah, you care way more about you this project than I ever will. Yeah. Yeah, about you're, this project you're the perfect than, person. Yeah. 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 Uh, so sing talk play, uh, came about, I had, a. Uh, a long-standing relationship with CJSW, mm. the local campus community radio station, right. one of the pillars of our cultural community. Yeah. Um, I uh, when I was in university, I really—it's funny. I at the time I didn't find my community in the in the filmmakers in the city until I found CSIF. Uh, but I did find my community in the in the radio, the broadcast is CGSW. Mm. Like I, I found, I kind of stumbled into it early on, um, and I was again. I, I started university a little bit later, so I was a little bit older than people in my class, and and I was having trouble finding peers. Um, not that sounds really. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was. I didn't want to party, and I didn't want sure, to like you sure. know, just so like minded, like minded yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I stumbled into CJSW, and I was like, oh, immediately, I was like, oh, this, these are my people. That's happened a couple of times for me yeah. in, in my life. CJSW, in my life after I got back from traveling, um, CJSW was one. Quick Draw Animation mm. was was another. Cool. And uh, CSIF in many ways, and I guess and media. Yeah, so right, right. I can group those together yeah, with sure. those nonprofits, but. But CJSW was definitely the first one, and I uh, I stumbled in. I became a volunteer, and then I uh, um, soon after got on the radio. I, I hosted a morning jazz show for a couple of years oh, called Morning Train. Nice. Um, I was I was really into yeah early 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 twenties right. I was like reading Rumi and listening right. to oh. esoteric jazz and yeah <laughs> ridiculous ridiculousness. Um, 
So that was super fun. I, I found some close friends through that experience, that organization, who, who which I still have. Um, so so ten years, no less, like, like eight years passed, and I, and I had a couple of different radio shows, and I was really entrenched in, in the community. And I and also music has, has always been a big big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I, and I had done a lot, a bunch of music videos, um, and I and I. I'd done uh, Street Sounds in New York, which was kind of a live right, session show. Right. Yeah. Um, which uh, which screened in a couple of places. It won, it won Best Canadian Documentary at the uh, Calgary Fringe Festival, oh, nice. which 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 I, I still have the plaque. Of. Amazing. Yeah, it was one of those awards where, like, it's it's in the scheme of film festivals, it's not <laughs> like it's not two or three down sure. from TIFF, yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the time. For me, that was a big, that's a huge. big, yeah, it was a huge yeah. thing. It gave me like validation. Yeah, yeah, validation. Yeah, validation. Exactly. Um, so I had, I had, uh, I had met. So okay, here's exactly how it happened. A a friend I had met through CGSW who had a band who had made a couple of music videos for uh, Mark Hamilton from Wood Pigeon. Uh, he contacted me because him and his uh, his label that was in Vancouver at the time, we're going to uh, Iceland to do this crazy project. And and they wanted a um, a filmmaker to follow them. They cool. wanted to document oh, it. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So, well, it never, it never actually turned out because okay. it was super last minute, like <laughs> right. super last minute. So they contacted me and then the, the guy, uh, Rob Calder, um, contacted me from Boom Bap. Boom Bap, I think. Yeah. Uh, and we talked and stuff and, 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 uh, we liked each other immediately. It didn't work out that project, mm-hmm. but then he was then contracted by TELUS who at the time was in the initial stages of their VOD video on demand right. channel. Their, right. okay. What is now story hive right. was in its early stages. So they contracted him and a couple other people to kind of go to these different communities that they would be representing in Alberta and BC and get a feel for the landscape. Right. And he came into town and he contacted me and we set up a meeting and he went to all like the, the big production companies. Da, 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 da. And then I think he just remembered, remembered me and he was like, Hey, I'm in town. I'm leaving. I think tomorrow. Do you want to, do you want to, our, our meeting was at the airport at the Tim Hortons maybe 30 minutes before wow. he got on his plane, right? So I like wow. yeah. booked it there, <laughs> nice. sat down. And we talked for a bit and then I pitched him right there. I pitched him a couple of things because he was he was taking pitches at the time. Okay. Um, and then he went back to tell us, wrote them like a big report, did, did his thing. I don't know exactly what, what that entailed, but but that's how I connected with Telus. Then I then soon after I got they they got in touch with me because their their video on demand um setup didn't have much on it. Right. And they were looking for producers who already had content gotcha. to populate okay. the VOD at the time. Cool. And they were like, what do you have in your back catalog? What can we use? Uh, and I was like, and I had I had I had a, a lot at that yeah, point. Yeah. And I was like, here take take it all uh, and they put it up for a little bit of time and there wasn't much up on the vod at the time so i formulated a good good connection right. with them clearly um and then and then they they came back and they were like hey we really like that's that music live session thing right because it checked a whole bunch of right. things for them sure. it's community-based cjsw arts, arts sure. uh supporting music also supporting this community organization and da, 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 da. so right. so we're like let's do let's do a pilot we'll do like a 
um, a, f- a two or three episode pilot, huh? uh, which ended up turning into a five episode pilot, which I call the first season of St. Cool. Talk Right. So we filmed it, sent it to them. <laughs> they loved it. And then at the time, it was straight pitches to them. And uh, it was more like a broadcaster where I think it was a handful of people in the room deciding what they wanted to do because they also, they were super new and they weren't getting, and they had, they have a quota to fill like their CRTC license. And at the time, maybe they weren't reaching that quota. And now they've got way too much. So it's super competitive now and uh, really difficult. So I really lucked into it. And, and that, the combination of just like, randomly meeting some guy based on a friendship <laughs> yeah, based right. on previous work I'd done uh cultivating that just through you know being cool and having conversations outside of like you know I didn't think anything would come of it yeah. like, he was just a cool guy yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. we hit it yeah. off but but that so that whole like you, you need to know the right people sure. scenario sometimes that that's that's all it is absolutely um, but it also, you know, it feels like it's a bit of a right place, right time story. But yeah. when you're sitting at that Tim Hortons, you've got pitches ready, yeah, right? Exactly. Like there's, yeah. the, there's the legwork exactly. there there's that leg work is for not sure. apparent when you, see, when you hear it. And you've stories. got a back catalog that they were in. Yeah, exactly. a back catalog. Yeah. So it was a, it was so a perfect. success, not really. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, a perfect, it was a perfect moment in combination for right. me. If that happened maybe five years earlier or ten years earlier, that it wouldn't right. have Well, it might have happened. And you just won't recognize it now exactly. looking back, right? Because exactly. you weren't ready for it at the time. Exactly, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's exactly it. They could see that I could produce something uh, and they liked what I produced and they liked the idea, right? So right. that combination. Sometimes right. it's there's an amazing idea, but uh, but the execution, there's some questions right. to be asked. And sometimes like uh, there's there's the execution's great, but the idea's not. So but this is a scenario right. where it all kind of right. worked out. So we did the first season. They loved it. Then we did two more with them. Um, so now the door is open. You're the original Story Hive filmmaker before Story Hive is a thing. I, I don't know. There was a He's bunch. He's the Story Queen. There was a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was, uh, there was we'll, a, we'll just say it was <laughs> Okay. <laughs> sure. No, there was, a, there was a lot of names. Yeah, Spencer name. was doing that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Too, yeah. uh, BC had a handful yeah. of people, sure, Interior sure. And, and Vancouver itself. Uh, Calgary, there was a handful of people. So there was, there was a, like, they were, they were, they were throwing the net wide, right. you know. So, right. so at that time, there was a lot of people who had probably have the exact same story as cool. I do. Yeah, which uh, is pretty great. But the, now you've got this this sort of pipeline, the connections to, connections to the right people, and uh, we move into Cowtown. Yeah. So I had in the same pitch session, I had pitched a sketch a comedy sketch. show, okay. and the. I think what had happened, and this this happened the first couple of years, I think of of Telus Video on Demand, Telus Optic, yeah, which was what it was called, um, is that they had a surplus, like they 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 may have tried to do something, it didn't work out, and then they had right. this money that they needed to spend, and then they had this roster of a handful of filmmakers. Uh, I know I know of two or three right. who 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 also received sure. a similar call yeah. during that period of time. Sure. So I got a call, and uh, it was from from someone to tell us and they were like hey um we didn't go on that uh sketch comedy idea at first but we'd like to maybe give it a try do you want to do a pilot cool so they gave me a little bit of money Mm -hmm. we shot a pilot 
We delivered and that's where pilot. we all for, kind of first that's worked together. That's where we all kind of yeah. worked together. Yeah, yeah, on that pilot. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. Because right. right. we were just getting out of film school-ish at the time. Well, maybe yeah, not, maybe a couple years afterwards. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah we and you guys getting... line produced the pilot for, right. for Cowtown, which was which was amazing. And we, we kind of like expanded it. Like it was like a, it was like a 30 minute pilot, you know, yeah. it was like, yeah. yeah. And at the time, they weren't sure. Like they, they were still are less so though. But at the time, they were really trying to figure out what to do and how to do sure. it. So the interplay between web distribution and their VOD, like they had a YouTube channel, they wanted right. to put stuff up on the web. Yeah. But like you know, but on the VOD, they wanted something delivered as a as a as a ch- they do now as like as a bigger chunk. Right. Whereas then they weren't too sure. So we delivered it in episodic form, and then later they're like, no, we want it, and we. we should do things in chunks because right, people right. don't want to jump from menu to right, menu. Right, right. Uh, but the episodic stuff worked well on on their YouTube channel. So like they, they like we were definitely at that time the filmmakers they were working with were definitely their test subjects. Yeah, right, one hundred percent. But then also you as a filmmaker, I know you were releasing the sketches individually as well. I was to yeah. see how those were. Yeah. Were doing. yeah so yeah. we formed this thing because they the great thing about Telus. Story Hive. I'm so used to tell us off topic. Story Hive is that uh, the filmmaker retains the IP. Right. Right. And they're and they outside of meeting CRTC license or the the what what I have gleaned from from back then. It might have changed now, but outside of meeting CRTC licensing, they really truly want to support local producers that's, that's the impression like, i've gotten yeah, every yeah. interaction with them for sure yeah yeah like their 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 intent really there's no bottom line there's no like you know there's no alternative motives like they they really do when they say they want to support local stories and local producers and help the film community like that's that's authentic mm-hmm. sometimes they do it amazingly and sometimes they stumble right um but but their intent is always pure right. mm. Or has been up until now. True. I, yeah. I don't. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, I actually haven't worked with them for the last year. So yeah, but it, but it is true, and they still do it. Is, is yeah. that the filmmaker owns? You know, yes, they want they want their deliverables. You know, the ten minute short or whatever it is. And then yeah, if you want to go make a fifteen minute version or a twenty minute version, and yeah, se- sell it to Germany. Like you, that's all that's you. All that's all you. Yeah. And it, and if they want to see it, and if they like it, they might still be like, hey, can you can you put our logo on it as right, well? Right. Um, and if you're changing a version, if it's a version you've already delivered, then you definitely have to show it to them. Or that, I think that's still how it okay, is. And then okay. they, uh, but if it was something completely uh, outside right. of that, then you pretty much owned. Your IP, you own yeah, your footage, amazing. you own everything, which is yeah. incredible. Totally, which is, inc- which has actually allowed me. We're in season. We're we're in. We just finished, or like in the middle of season six of Sing Talk. Like the last three seasons. Oh, you're still doing it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, so after the third season with with Telus. Tourism Calgary picked it up for two seasons, ah. and we did uh, Sing Talk Play Calgary sessions, cool. where it was a Calgary-based musician at a Calgary location. So cool. wow. it was a, oh, it was an attempt it. to showcase a location Brilliant. and an artist at the same time. So great, yeah. Tourism Calgary came up nice. with that, like it was like a great, it's fantastic. It was a great fit for us, right? And then this last season is a collaboration between uh, National Music Center, um, Manitoba Music, and Passport, which is this uh, federal. Um, music organization that gets musicians who are at a certain level ready for international expo. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah, cool. so they had a conference here, and every every time they have a conference, it's run by a different provincial um, music head. So Manitoba oh, cool. Music was running it. So um, National Music Center Manitoba Music hired me because of Sing Talk Play, and then we we it's branded Passport, but I got to still put Sing Talk Play oh, cool. in there, so I still consider it. Right, season, of course. Season, season, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so it still has life, right? right so, right. so, uh, and I've got like this, just like library of footage of amazing musicians, right. outtakes, and weird stuff oh, that yeah, eventually, yeah. you know, who knows, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. It'll probably just sit on the shelf, but well, just endless like little bits for the internet, whenever. Yeah, so, exactly. Instagram or whatever. Exactly. But uh, we can and we can cut this out. But le- but let me ask you this question, and it's totally cool if you if you would rather not. But the what is happening as far as making a living at this time? Are you are you being the smart producer and actually like pulling some money out of these budgets yourself to survive and pay the bills and mm-hmm. have a family and uh, or or is it corporate video or how, how are you doing? This? Um, so that's great. That's a, that's a great question because this is this is the thing that uh, that oftentimes seems like such a haze totally. for most filmmakers. Totally. Yeah, yeah. We're starting out. Um, so I, out of university, I was, I was making, I was making my own little films and applying for grants and, you know, running like a production company on the side yeah. and trying to figure it out. I had a, I had a degree in economics, though it's more theoretical than it is a degree in business, but I've always been relatively okay at, at business. I had a bit of a business sense. Sure. So I wasn't, it wasn't too difficult for me to like incorporate and, you know, right. find out sure. what my tax strategy is, all, all that stuff. So that stuff aside, um, I was running it part time. I got a job at Quick Dry Animation Society. Oh, okay. Um, right out of school, and I produced um, for for about two years. I produced a um, a Service Canada project there called the Youth Animation Project. Okay. That ran for many years. Uh, ran for a year before me and many years after me. Yeah, Service Canada is kind of a yeah. That's like a sort of a big deal in that, you know, it's a, it's a federal organization. Yeah. That is, yeah. You know, yeah. It was, it was a really big, uh, pretty, I mean, at the time for me, a huge budget, yeah, massive yeah. budget. And it was, so the, the service counter project was basically, um, it was a, uh, social project that took in, uh, youth at risk, quote unquote, whatever, whatever that definition was or, or is. And, um, and basically taught them life skills and employability skills through the guise of teaching them animation oh, and filmmaking. So I got the job because I was a, I was a filmmaker. I had a real, I had a little production company. Um, and so were you, you instructing people as well? I, I was running the program. Okay. So I had, I had two instructors below me. Okay. That's actually how I met, uh, um, Chris Markowski. Oh, cool. uh, I, I hired him as a, as an instructor nice. for, for one or two of, of those, of those sessions. They were like six months like two, two a year sessions. So through the course of the whole thing, we had like, I think 40 some kids, kids, some of them were like older than me at the time. Oh, yeah. they, the, the definition of youth, Students, yeah. Yeah, the definition of youth, the way it, it's right. for service Canada is pretty broad. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there was a lot of those types of programs and, and this was the, this was one of the only ones that focused on art. So the other ones would just basically be courses on resume writing and, right. you know, yep. yeah. So uh, we did that. We did those as well, but it was all around animation. So we brought in, we brought in partners that um, the students teamed up and they would make an animation for a partner organization like the Wilderness Foundation or, cool. Cool. or whatever. Yeah. So I ran that for, for a while. And then at the same time I was, it was a full-time gig, but at the same time on my off time, I was still running my production company and doing corporate videos and did a couple of commercials, a bunch of music videos, uh, a lot of promo, short promo stuff. Um, and that picked up to the point where, um, in 2008, 2008, yeah, I let, uh, I left quick draw okay. and I, I did tapped it again. I did newer <laughs> films 
full time. Cool. All right. And it was a combination of um, arts grants, mm-hmm. corporate clients mm-hmm. um, that basically funded funded cool. the thing. So it was a combination of applying for for available grants um, with ideas, and then and then also a, a good chunk was corporate clients. But my but I lucked out because my corporate clients were. Uh, I don't think I, I worked for an oil company. I, I think I did one job for an oil company okay. and, and, and never again. My corporate clients were all art-based. So oh, a lot right. of like dance studios. Nice. Um, a lot of the not, not-for-profits. Um, yeah, like uh, um, Calgary Arts Development. I had a bunch of contracts with them. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, I was really lucky. I was really lucky um, to find those clients. And then once I did one or two jobs for them. I kind of, I was on their roster and right. it was like, uh, to, to date, I still do at least one, one video for, I, I'm a sponsor for, for the mayor's cultural, the mayor's lunch for culture and arts. Right. And I make their video and that's more a sponsorship, but I still work with them. Right. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Did that answer the question? Yeah. I don't know yeah. That, I think uh, so. Yeah. I mean like, like the arts grants piece, I think is the, is the, uh, sort of that was scary my, one that yeah. like, yeah, yeah. like, and, and paying yourself is, is a, is a, is a good okay, idea, right? Yeah, to, to, to get to that, yeah. in all of my projects, I paid myself. Right, maybe good. not for the first couple of years. Maybe during sure. that time where I wouldn't call myself a filmmaker. Maybe everything went to the production. Right, right, right. But in, uh, past that point, in all of my projects, I did pay myself. Whether it was a proper wage um, in the early days, probably not. Even if you're just staking a claim in the budget a little bit for yourself. No, no, I think that's, that's it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I calculated a few times and there was a couple of projects where I'm being paid like two bucks an hour or whatever. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but, yeah. but those are projects for like this amazing dance company right. and right. I'll, I'll put in, you know, yeah. hundreds of hours sure. because sure. I want to, right. you know, I could have right. probably finished it and, and gotten paid <laughs> yeah. 10 bucks an hour, but you know, um, but my mantra is always, it, even 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 back then and now, my mantra is always uh, if there's a crew. And, and I work in situations where I am the Swiss Army knife shooter, editor, director, sure. to like 30-person right, crews. Right. But, in, but if, it's, if there's anyone outside of myself, then there's a crew and the crew gets paid first. Right. That's my, that's right. my mantra. And, and, then, and then I pay myself. Cool. And if I can pay myself, if I can pay everyone rate and equally... Uh, or, or equal to to their rate, that's that's a dream. But if anything has to be cut, it it gets cut from my end right, first right. because these projects are usually mine. Yeah, of right, that's right. That's yeah. the thing. It's yeah. you know, this is true. Yeah. yeah, and and or they're somewhat corporate projects. Mm. Like they might mm. be for a not not for profit or whatever. But it, but they're they're you know. So I. I and also, I really want to maintain a good relationship course, yeah. with with my crew. I, right. I, I, you, want, I, you want to work with them again. I want to yeah. work with them again. I, and I, I usually, you know, work with the same same people who who I love. Who I, at this point, I love. You know, I respected and you know became friends with. But at this point, I love them. You know, sure. so so there's 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 that. So yeah, cool. so yeah, I paid myself, but everyone got paid yeah. when gotcha. when they could. Gotcha. Well, yeah. thank you. That's that's good info. Uh, so we got to wrap it up. But what are you up to now? What's going on? Uh, it's been slow. I, so I just had a little guy uh, about eight months ago. 
Um, and I've already put him to work. He's in a music video. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, I put him in a music video for uh, Bonnie Prince Billy. Nice. Um, Will Oldham, this dude out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky, this indie indie rock folk guy in the states. So he's already he's already paying nice. off. He's nice. already paying off <laughs> the baby. Um, but I, I took a production value. Yeah, I'll yeah. never work with them again. Their management yeah. was horrible. But, um, I took a bit of time off because I really, I really wanted to uh, be there for the first yeah, at least course, for six months. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I when I coming coming back into it, things slowed down quite a bit. So I don't have much going, but it's so funny because I, I would always complain. Like a few years ago, I'd have like like ten projects at the same time, and always I'd always complain about it and be like, oh, I can't wait for the day where I have like two projects and that's all I have to worry about. And now I'm at that day, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, oh, I wish I had ten projects. <laughs> but um, but I uh, I'm, I'm I I've also always complained about not having enough time to develop stuff. Mm. So the thing that comes easy to me, and this this. This sounds so. I, I, even in my, my in my mind right now, this people are probably going to be like, "You jerk, whatever, shut up." <laughs> uh, but ideas have never been an issue for hmm. me. Like I, I, um, I've got notebooks of ideas. Uh, the issue for me has been time. Mm. And actually, I think you in one of these podcasts, if I'm not mistaken, you said something that resonated quite a bit, okay. and you were like quantifying success. Uh, if, 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 please correct me if, if I get this so, wrong, this but sounds said, like me. This something, is something, something yeah. about quantifying success, um, is relative and how for you, uh, for you, you being in control of your time mm-hmm. is more valuable yes, yeah. sometimes than, yeah, than a something big, we both say, big absolutely. paycheck. Yeah. So when, that, yeah. that really hit home for me. For sure. I mm-hmm. totally, I totally, um, I appreciate that. And the thing that I was lacking was time to develop stuff, right, to right. write stuff. Right. To, so in the last couple of months, I've had that time. Wow, cool. And and it's been very fruitful. I've been working just as much as when there's 10 projects in mm-hmm. the pocket, but right. now it's all been on on uh on, on things that that I'm ready, ready to pitch. And and I and most of them I have. I have about like 10 treatments out in the world right, that cool. are that Amazing. are being reviewed yep. uh, currently yeah. awesome. so um so outside of a couple of small promo stuff a uh, couple of small documentary stuff that that are that are being made uh, i have like a bunch of projects out there that i've been complaining <laughs> that i want to get out there right. for years amazing that's yeah. great yeah yeah so that's that's what's happening can you right now. tease us on any anything? um Sure. There's a, there's a couple of, uh, there's a couple of web series stuff, um, uh, scripted web series stuff. There's, there's, um, there's a couple of documentary, short, short form documentary stuff. Um, the one that I'm most excited about actually, and I can, I can probably, I won't, I can't say too much about it because there's still, there's still, uh, the, the the people involved, I think, are still working things out. Right. But uh, I'm a big fan of tiny homes. I mm, love yes. tiny homes. Totally. And I love that whole movement. Super I love, cool. Like, yeah. yeah. Actually, eight years ago, before there were any shows on HGTV or whatever, I pitched a tiny home show, oh, really? a tiny home renovation show to a producer. <laughs> uh, and it went nowhere. Yeah. I should have really followed up on totally. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a there's a tiny home project that's coming. Cool. I'm, I'm just like like foaming at the mouth, <laughs> drooling. Uh, so I'll, I'll be on that. Great. Um, so that one I'm really excited about. Yeah. Nice. So some awesome. documentary and some scripted. Um, it's funny because it, they're all at such early stages that that I feel like I can't say much 
about yeah. them. I can say, I'll, I'll tell you guys everything once the mics are off, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but once it's in the <laughs> world, I feel sure. like I it's you. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so where can people find out more about you and follow the company? And uh, so newerfilms.net or .ca, uh, N-U-R films, plural, cool. dot, dot .ca is where you can see some of the work and some of the other projects, Sing Talk Play, Cowtown, the sketch comedy show that we talked about um, has a website, but you can link from there. And then I have another project called Nurbox Theater, which mm, is right. a, a small, small modular so cool, yeah. screening box. And this was this came out of uh, wanting um, wanting another screening option. In yeah, the city. more more places for people to watch yeah, film. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So That's actually, really I'm cool I'm, idea, I'm, yeah. I'm looking for, and the whole the whole premise is I want to showcase local filmmakers. So every month there's a new package of films. Right now, Corey Lee, who's one of my fa- favorite filmmakers mm-hmm. in the city. Um, He's got a package of three short films. Cool. Uh, and the box is sitting on a second floor of C-Space. Oh, sweet. Uh, and there'll be a second box. Uh, it was planned to go into Arts Commons. Um, I don't know what's happening with that. It might go into Arts Commons, but there's a second box that might go someplace else. Great. Awesome. Um, so if, if there's any filmmakers out there who, who want to showcase their work inside a tiny little photo booth box with a so touch cool. screen. But a place in public where people can but watch it But a place it in public. Time, it's yeah. open 8 to yeah. 8. C-Space is open 8 to 8, uh, cool. Monday to Saturday. So if you're interested, uh, just hit me up on my website or uh, newerboxtheater.com. Cool. Well, thank you for doing this, man. This hey, is, that was very informative. Thank you guys for doing this podcast. Oh. Keep this in. Don't cut this. <laughs> Thank you guys for doing this podcast because we're talking about community yes, and yes. all of that stuff. And for this sure. is something that's in the last year has really solidified mm-hmm. the community. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank so you. thank you for taking the initiative and, and, and doing it. Like I, I enjoy them so much and yeah, like that cowboy, cowboy Smith. Oh, my God. oh yeah. That, yeah, was, yeah, that one was so was, good. Yeah, yeah, sure. and there's like, and there's so many faces that, that I really respect who, totally, who you guys yeah. have talked to and I'm sure will continue to talk to you. So keep it up. Yeah. Thanks, well, well, there's, yeah, there's no, no sign of stopping just because it's like, we, we never seem to find the end. There's, uh, there's always more. That's a, I mean, I'm sure we'll get there at some point, but I, but that's, that's been my experience. It's like, Oh, we got to get that person, that person. That yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then new people pop up all the time and say, Hey, I'm a filmmaker. And we didn't like, so eventually we'll get every single one of us in the entire community. <laughs> can I suggest and something? And then we'll stop. <laughs> can I just suggest something? Yeah, of course. Sometime in the future, can you guys pick someone? I'm happy to do it, but pick whoever you want. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and you guys are the subjects because I, yeah, I like is, yeah, that yeah. those yeah, comments sure. that people have made that they want to hear more about mm-hmm. you guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you guys should. Uh, you guys should. Or keep talking about what you're doing. Right. Yeah, yeah. But also maybe do a full in depth one. Thank you. That's yeah. that's very kind, and we have heard that a lot. I think eventually we'll crack and be like, okay, fine. There's there's enough people who've said turn the mics around that yeah we should maybe do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Alrighty, thank you. Another great guest to have on the show. Absolutely. And uh, let's get right into the news you can use. Sponsored by Bleeding Art Industries with their weekly tip. Uh, This week, uh, they say in an earlier tip, we talked about being prepared with a plan B for when things go sideways. Uh, We, being Bleeding Art, recently experienced this very situation. A client contacted us earlier... uh, early about ordering a custom-made product. We knew it would take at least a day to make, so we kept checking with the, in with the client. Also, the shoot was three provinces away, so shipping time was a big factor. Late in the afternoon, less than a week before shooting day, we finally got the go-ahead. This gave us one day to make the product so it would be ready for overnight shipping to deliver it the Friday uh, before Monday's shoot. Talk about cutting it no close. kidding, yeah. 
An overnight courier was booked and paid for. The item was picked up and and then went MIA for almost a week. We know oh. we know last minute decisions can be common in the film industry, but when an item is needed that is absolutely critical, plan ahead, be prepared when issues arise, and have a plan B when they do. Uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, you know, you, stuff that's out of your control, right? Like it's just you. Really, yeah, the uh, the Earth is a is a complex logistical nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's you know it's always the easy things that end up screwing you over mm-hmm, the things you thought yeah, were going to be no brainers yeah you just yeah. don't even really think about it yeah. and then it's like oh oops for sure yeah be prepared uh, I, I wonder what the plan b was i wonder if they'll, they'll tell us that in, a, in another tip i would be interested to hear yeah that's a good one but thank you bleeding art uh, as always for sponsoring the show and uh for keeping our heads in the game uh <clears throat> an upcoming deadline is the application for the herland video production workshop for women uh, supported by Telestory Hive and CSIF, uh, gives six female identifying filmmakers a chance to uh, pursue a creative vision and tell a story with a short film. Uh, so it's, it takes place over a couple of months, um, and you go from basically from pre-script to screen. Uh, and it will all be screened in April 2019 to a public audience. Lots of details about this. Um, you can check out uh, the CSIF.org or the show notes for more information. Um, and find out how to apply. The applications must arrive at CSAF office by 4 p.m. on September 15th. Um, get in, get on it. Yeah, get on it. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the NSI Features First program, so I'll keep it short. But if you are interested in more information, we did a whole episode about it. Uh, so check that out a couple episodes back uh, on uh, the NSI Features First program. Uh, if you're interested in applying, deadline is September 14th, 2018 at 4.30 p.m. Uh, and you want to check out nsi-canada.ca for more information on how to apply. The uh, deadline is coming up for the ACTRA member-initiated production grant. So it's for ACTRA Alberta members to create their own work. They'll be giving eight grants of $1,000 uh, to members who produce under this member-initiated program agreement. Uh, all the projects will be screened in February. Uh, and the point of this is to uh, stimulate uh, the desire of actor members to come together and create original works of art without necessarily having the financial resources to pay established daily fees to performers. And of course, uh, it's to encourage actor members to advance their skills as actors and allow them to develop their skills in other key creative areas as well. Uh, you can find out more information um, at actoralberta.com or the link in the show notes. The deadline to apply is uh, October 1st. So just a couple weeks. The CSIF clubs continue uh, this September, uh, three to tell you about, um, depending on when we get this episode out. We, we may have missed the VFX club already, but uh, if we did on September 3rd, just remember it's the first Monday of every month, so you can check it out next month as well. Uh, and then coming up after that, September 6th, Madame's in Motion. Also, that one is first Thursday of every month, so easy to remember. And then we've got the Actors Club, second Thursday of every month, uh, this time happening on September 13th. Uh, Lori Baczynski and Tay Har are uh, the club leaders on that one. And um, yeah, you can check out the club section of the CSIF website for more information on all of those. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, thanks to the leaders for mm-hmm. you know, initiating these clubs. You know, it's facilitated through the CSIF, but you know, these are volunteers that are, that are you know, working to bring the community together. So, you know, huge thank you to them. Um, and this doesn't work unless uh, you, you show up. Totally. Right. Yeah. So the whole yeah. point is to get their network. And uh, I know that these are, actually quite busy so they're they're pretty cool to check out and it's like we said last week like it's like you got to make relationships and this is this is a great way to do it for free absolutely yeah uh so three film festivals happening in alberta in september uh the calgary international starts september 19th and goes for 11 days until the end of the month the got a minute film festival which is screening on uh, lrt and c-train platforms in edmonton and now calgary 
starts September 24th and goes to the 30th. And the Edmonton International Film Festival starts on September 27th, and it goes until October 6th. So it is movie watching season, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get out there, get some popcorn, and uh, check out some movies. And and be sure to check out local films as well, because mm-hmm. that's how uh, that's how you vote to Definitely. make them Definitely. to get them made more. Coming up on Sunday, September 9th, we have uh, the respectful workplace training uh, with uh, for film workers specifically with Natasha Tony, guest on the podcast in the past, uh, being put on by ACTRA and also open to IATSE, DGC, and ACTRA members. Um, it is happening again Sunday, September 9th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And if you'd like to check it out, uh, you can uh, RSVP to AB events at actra.ca. Fava in Edmonton is hosting an intermediate screenwriting workshop. Uh, this workshop happens over 10 weeks starting next week, September 11th. Uh, it's every Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, it is $475 to take that. Uh, check out fava.ca for more information about that. And uh, I was tabbed out, but the uh, Media Lab YYC is working on a, uh, the of course, the how to make a great video. Um, yeah, we, like Media Lab YYC doing all kinds of fun stuff. Super cool, yeah. Um, get on the newsletter if, if you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is happening Wednesday, September 12th, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Uh, for $34.99. And this is going to walk you through the whole uh, process of creating your own uh, video for YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, wherever you can host a video and live streaming too. So um, check it out. And and if, yeah, I mean, even check out what Kyle's up to right now. He live streams all the time. He's doing a video blog. You know, he does new videos every Thursday. So cool guy. Uh, I'm going to take this next one, which is the Fava Video Kitchen. Fair enough, Scott. Uh, it is the introductory class at Fava. And um, it is kind of a way for, uh, you know, people who, who have an interest in film might not have really had a chance to really dig into it. Uh, to dig into it. So you'll, you'll over a couple of weeks, you will learn screenwriting, budgeting, scheduling, casting, camera techniques, storyboards, shot lists, uh, how to light, how to shoot, how to do sound, how to edit. Um, lots of opportunities to get your hands dirty as you cook up your own four to six minute short film. Uh, all types of projects are encouraged, experimental, documentary, or straight up dramatic. Um, they include the gear rentals within the cost of the class. It's a, it's, it's a really cheap way to that's get awesome. a short film made. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's $845 to do that. And that is a 12 week course every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And that starts on September 15th. Uh, so you can register by uh, visiting fava.ca, find the phone number there, or check out the link in the show notes, uh, or just contact Fava. You can Google Fava Edmonton and uh, find out how to get in touch with them. That's a pretty good read, Scott. Thanks, man. I was thinking I might give it give it a go. Give myself, it a go. Yeah, I got no, it. I think you got it covered. <laughs> so I'm just going to do LX1, which is an inter- introductory workshop on lighting uh, in the lighting department for film, and it uh, is going to take place at 8 a.m. on the 15th. Uh, instructed by Scott Lutley, um, and this is kind of aimed right at uh, IATSE permittees. So if you're sort of sort of getting started in the uh, union there. Uh, it is going to cost forty five dollars. If you're a, if you're a member, though, you can attend as well, sort of maybe as a refresher. If you're looking to maybe get into a new department, it's only twenty five dollars for members. Um, and again, happening on uh, September fifteenth. So check out the link in the show notes for more information on that. Uh, it's also on the iatsi two one two dot com website. You know the problem is with being an actor or director in this province. You don't really get much experience much opportunity it's to hard. work out to do it's hard to, to practice the thing yeah yeah you it's hard to 10,000 hours where do you get that from yeah for sure there's no you know there's not enough production volume here to be you know working full-time as an actor it's right. very rare right. not impossible yeah i think a couple of people do it but, but yeah. yeah maybe you know a handful of actors in alberta have that opportunity yeah. so um 
you're beholden to auditions to, uh, you know, put those hours in and get that, get that practice. There are workshops, of course, um, and one of them is Upstart. Yes. Upstart is specifically designed to put actors and directors in a room together and just work on the, the skills of communication between those two uh, very important roles on a set. So Upstart is happening um, every Monday. Uh, is this in Calgary or it's just Calgary, right? Yeah, I don't I think the Edmonton was, one's happened in a while. I see that it's at, at Sate, so yeah. So it is at yeah. Sate, yeah. So the Edmonton one, uh, we'll let you know when that's coming, but it does happen in Edmonton. Uh, so anyway, in Calgary, it's happening on Mondays uh, from September 24th to Monday, November 26th, with the exception of um, a couple holidays, October 8th or November 12th. Uh, 180 bucks for Ampia members or Actra members or WIFTA members. 230 bucks for non-members. Bit of a process to apply. You have to go through an audition uh, or interview as a director. Um so yeah, that's coming right up and you have to have your application in by September 19th and a total of 12 actors and four directors will go through this workshop. Um, I've done it, Matt, you've done it, I think we've- Many times. Many like, times, yeah. yeah. Probably more than five times I've done it. And so uh, going into you know directing my first feature film right now, I'm so, so thankful that I've done this. Um, yeah, so ampia.org slash ups- Oh my God, kill me. <laughs> I, I screwed this up last week too. Ampia.org slash workshops slash upstart. That's easy. Yay. Uh, Yeah, that's easy. Easy to get to. to (laughs) Uh, Screenwriting 101 at CSF. We were chatting um, last week about uh, instructor Jason Long. Uh, This is the sort of 10-week workshop to get you uh, introduced to the ins and outs of screenwriting, formatting, language structure, and uh, all kind of led by uh, Jason Long, who's, you know, one of the uh, few really produced um, screenwriters in the province. Uh, There aren't that many of them. Um, and, uh, he's been doing it for a long time. So great guy to learn from. It's happening every Wednesday. And he for, teaches, he teaches screenwriting at state too. That's true. Screenwriting that's true. Exactly. So, yeah. Know, he's, he's the guy to do totally. It. And, uh, every Wednesday for 10 weeks, October 3rd to tw- uh, November 28th. Uh, so 6 30 PM to 9 30 PM. Um, and it is only 360 bucks for members and 400 for non-members, which is pretty decent. Super groovy. What is uh, shooting? Many in, things. Uh, in many, many, many things. And if we weren't also shooting, I would be celebrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we also are shooting in this. Yeah, sucks. there have been times when we get to this this section of the podcast, and I'm we're just like, like, "Damn, there's nothing to talk it's like, about." Hey, Heartland is shooting. That's that. <laughs> yeah. And even sometimes, you know, they were done. Like I remember, we, you know, it's been like, "Damn, there's nothing shooting." So uh, it's it's a it's definitely nice to see that there are quite a few right now. Yeah, absolutely. So Lost in Space Season 2 uh, is shooting uh, a couple of scenes here from September 10th to 21st. Black Summer, the Netflix zombie show, is uh, shooting since July and it's going until the end of September. Heartland also goes until the end of September. Jones and um, our movie is shooting from September 17th to October 5th. Togo, the Disney feature starring Willem Dafoe, um, who's for sure listening. Of course. Because yeah. he's making a film in Alberta, which makes him an Alberta filmmaker. Thanks for being here, Willem. Thanks, Willem. It's so great to meet you. Uh, or so, Sorry, so great for you to meet me. <laughs> Welcome to meeting me, uh, Willem. <laughs> Although I don't know you. That's fine. Uh, filming a movie called Togo under the codename Tenfold. That's um, in pre-production now. They'll be going to camera um, at the end of the month. Jan, uh, Jan Arden's TV series shooting September 10th to October 4th. And a spiral feature film by uh, Chris Ball, Kurt Harder, and their crew, uh, all starting right after Jones and Raps, 
uh, October 8th, I think you said was their first yes, that's day right, going yeah, camera. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. So yeah, yeah, if you need a job on a film set, this is the time. Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, so uh, speaking of jobs, we've got a, a job call here for the University of Calgary. Digital video storyteller, strategic communications, and university relations. So this is uh, sort of... Uh, a kind of a quick overview, someone to work within the strategic communications uh, at university relations um, to be their regular sort of, sort of digital video storyteller. Um, you know, and I think it's kind of like, I don't know for sure, but it, reading it, it strikes me like, oh, you're almost like the news guy, yeah, yeah, like yeah. J- journalist sort of for what's going on at the university. Um, you know, obviously there are some, I'm sure, I'm sure specific topics you're, you're going to sure, be covering, yeah. but, um, you know, finding stories and telling stories, um, at, at, you know, under the university relations team. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of info here. They are looking for someone with three to five years of experience, a degree or diploma in multimedia, uh, you know, experience with Photoshop, After Effects, Adobe Premiere, Final Cut Pro. You kind of have Illustrator. to be a, a one-person team. Totally. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and so, yeah, highly creative um, and uh, a keen sense of news and interest in current and digital media trends. So uh, lots more to learn about that role, but the deadline to submit is September 14th, and there is a link in the show notes for more information on that. Um, I, I would I would strongly encourage... Um, you know, filmmakers who, who are, tr- are just graduating or, you know, have just a couple years of experience to really consider a job like this. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to um, kind of cut your teeth, totally. really getting your hours practicing and, uh, you know, just getting used to the habit of creating totally. and, and, and outputting something. And you don't have to have this job for 10 years. Right. You know, it can be a great way to sort of get into the real world. I mean, that's what 724 was for me. I was sure, like, yeah. you know, okay, this is how just to behave. This is, this is yeah. how we communicate. This is how you answer the phone. This is how you, yeah. you know, get things done, manage yeah, how to be a professional. And yeah. Um, yeah. And, and for me, it was the same thing at, at, at Chatterson, the marketing company that I worked at. It was just about, Oh, how to manage budgets and, and how to, you know, speak to a creative team and how to write copy, um, you know, are all skills that uh, we lean on very, very heavily today. And this is one of those jobs um, that will set you up for a, for a successful career Um and this in itself could be that successful career. So absolutely. Very cool. Okay. Let's get into recommendations. I, so, so we recently had an art meeting, um, for, um, that was super fun. It was, it was super fun. And we talked a lot about hazers and you'd be surprised how many different (laughs) hazers and, uh, what, what, there's another foggers, foggers, smoke machine, mists, smoke machine, uh, there's so many different kinds of, I was using like a atmosphere, hazy, like it was hessy, hessy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I found yet another, and this oh. is perhaps a good option for the more DIY filmmaker. It's called atmosphere aerosol and it's like a spray, it's a spray can sized oh, cool. aerosol and it's for photographers and videographers and, and, and you can kind of just spray an area and get like, you know, you can see the, the sunbeams the, the through, through window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ooh, and like you can just go to atmosphere This sounds like an ad, but it's not. I just think it's cool that you, you know, you can get. You can get a can for fifteen forty five plus shipping. Um, you can get six of them for almost a hundred bucks. Um, I don't know how long they last. That's what I don't know. Um, but I see that there's also a, a can gun, so you can you can put it on like a trigger system, which seems kind of cool. Cool. Um, cool. And all you do is you you spray it, you know, for about two full minutes, and then you get about twenty minutes of of haze. So um, kind of a cool sort of uh, lower budget solution to that. And boy, does it look cool when you when you can make it work. My recommendation is going to be to learn a skill that is completely outside of filmmaking. Oh, you're going high level. Yeah. Okay. So I love this idea. Actually, my, my father-in-law, um, 
is, is a frugal man and he likes to teach himself to do things rather than necessarily hiring a professional to do it, which I think is a great life philosophy uh, and one that I aim to emulate. But he has taught me a lot about um, cars and trucks yeah. and working on them. You know, he started, this was, you know, maybe 10 or 12 years ago now. We said, okay, change your oil. And he taught me how to how to do an oil change and how to change the oil filter, cool, and how to change a tire, and you know how to buy a used car and what to look for, and uh, what you know when your when your brakes are wobbling, what that could mean, and, and how to fix that. And you know, I'm not a mechanic, um, but we had to buy a truck last week right, or yes, a week and a yeah. half ago. Yeah, and the skills I, came in. in I totally like I, who 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 knew how important this could be, and I was able to. Sh- to find a truck on Kijiji and then within 12 hours had bought that truck. And I knew, you know, knock on wood that that truck was going to You're run as, for as confident as you can. Yeah, be. exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. who knows, but, but I knew like, okay, this truck has this problem and I know that I'm going to be able to survive that problem. Cause we needed an old beater to, to play totally. for our main character's truck totally, yeah. and we needed to buy it. Cause we, uh, are going to do some bad stuff to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just sitting, to, sitting in my driveway right now, you know, to, to know how to go buy a vehicle, a used vehicle and what to check for um, was just something. I was so, so thankful that that it was a skill that I could pull from for sure. So, you know, keeping yourself open to the universe and trying new things that aren't, that are outside of filmmaking. It makes you a better writer because you can write about something else other than making movies. It makes you a better director because you just have a, a greater understanding of the world. And you will pull on those skills. I guarantee it. You know, filmmaking challenges you in every way. Um, so yeah, it is high level, but you know, there it pays off for sure. Totally, totally. You know, I, uh, I, I the, that's such a that's such a great like utility skill that you can that you bring to the table, uh, especially right now. Um, but I remember, like, I try I try to do this every once in a while, um, and and I did it with poker. Uh, recently, right? Well, not recently. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. But I, I have a buddy. Yeah, you were big into poker. That's yeah, right. yeah, he was. He's just obsessed with it. And I was like, I'm just gonna learn it just to see what it tells me about life. And it and it totally did. Like it shifted my consciousness. It gives you a new lens to kind of look at Completely, life. Completely. Yeah. And uh, and it gives you kind of new insights. And yeah, it's totally. Yeah, it's. Uh, there's very little that I think is a waste of time when you're a filmmaker because man, you can apply a lot totally. of stuff to the film world. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And and if all you're doing is focusing on filmmaking, um. I think you're missing the point a lot in life. It's true. Um, and I think that uh, you're all you're going to be doing is telling stories about telling stories. Yeah. And those aren't interesting stories. Too true. I love it. That's cool. cool. That's cool. Good tip. Uh, thanks, man. Yours was good, too. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> your fog spray can. Yeah, I'm getting a kickback on that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Visit our link to, go to get yeah, your our, fog spray we can. We should do that stuff. We should get kickbacks, man. Yeah. Hey, if you have a product you want to sell, we will sell it on the podcast uh, for kickbacks. What is it on every podcast? It's like, go to this. Go to Amazon. Use code AB Film. Or go to our website and click on the link to Amazon's. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Yes. Thank you so much to uh, everyone who makes this podcast possible. That's Briar, Chad, Britt, Seth, um, bringing in the news and the music and the graphic design and editing the show. It's all, uh, you know, it's a big team that makes this possible. And if you are an Alberta filmmaker, uh, we want to uh, make this podcast even better every episode for you. So if you've got a suggestion or something you'd like us to share with the community, let us know. Reach out to us. Um, and also, if you have a correction or, or something that we got wrong, let us know about that, too. And, and you can reach us at where? Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and SoundCloud at AB Filmcast. Uh, and, of course, you can find our website at abfilmcast.ca. Uh, probably the best way to to get a more thoughtful response from us would be to email us. 
Um, and for you, you young kids, that's yes, email is important. <laughs> uh, hello at abfilmcast.ca. Uh, that goes to me and Matt and Briar. Yeah, uh, we all get those emails. So uh, please, please reach out and let us know what's going on in your world. And uh, of course, you know, check us out on iTunes. Give us those five stars because that helps the podcast uh, be more discoverable to uh, filmmakers who might not know about us. Totally. Um, and if you are Willem Dafoe. Uh, you know, just just tweets. You know, just yeah. Say, I mean, if hey, you're in uh, town, we got a movie going on. That yeah, it's could. like if you got a day off, <laughs> um, or just be like, oh, I'm listening to this great episode about me on the podcast, <laughs> and I'm Willem Dafoe, and it's the, and you just tweet a link to it. It will help Alberta filmmakers, uh, especially us. Uh, so please do that, yes. uh, Mister Dafoe. Yes. Uh, okay. Here's a final message from our sponsor, APA, the Alberta Post Production Association. Please listen to that, and once you're done, go make something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.